Hello, friends. Welcome to the Y.O. Unicorn Lens podcast, where we look at life with fresh eyes through the lens of infinite possibility. My name is Marcy. And I'm Joanne. Together, we will be dreamstorming and talking about co-creating with the universe in order to live the life of our dreams. Hello, friends. This week, I am sharing an interview that I did with my dad back in March for his 90th birthday. He is the very best man that I know, and it was truly a pleasure to sit and go over some memories with him. Hopefully you enjoy. First of all, I have to tell you something that I've been working on for you in my shower. You ready? I'm ready. I'm scared. (laughs) Yodelotio, 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 we should do it together. been practicing that for a while (laughs) i want to do it so bad what's the trick to the yodel i don't know there's any trick to it i don't even know what makes it work it's always worked (laughs) i remember when i first learned i was milking the cows Later on, when I kind of developed it, I driving down the road, stopped, and it, I said, here, make my, make my voice go up and down. So, that's one of my favorite things. What happened in the airplane when you were flying in the Marine? Something happened in the airplane. I assume she's talking about when I about had to bail out. Bail out of the airplane? Yes. Yeah, I I was a plane captain on F3D. That means I was in charge of the mechanical work on it. Planes could go in in for a 30-hour check. 60-hour check and 120-hour check. And on the 120-hour check, the plane captain would go up with the pilot to check the plane out. And this is when I went up with the pilot to check the plane. I remember I went to the parachute loft to get a parachute. The parachute for the F3D is a type that you sit on it. And so I got that checked out, and I remember the name of the pilot was Major Janelle. And so I got my parachute and put it in the cockpit and 
was ready to go when he came out and he walked around the plane, which they always do before they take it up. They walk around, move the ailerons and the rudder and to see how things are. And he got in the cockpit and I got in beside him. There's a little space between us, between the pilot and co-pilot. Co-pilot sits back a little bit further than the pilot. But we were up over, this is out from Long Beach, California. We were out over the ocean and all at once there was a big bang. My head went back, there was a cushion right behind the head. Went back and hit that cushion and and the next thing I knew, the pilot was calling the air base. He said, Mayday, Mayday, we've had an explosion in the cockpit. We're coming in on emergency landing. And he turned to me and he said, Parkinson, if we have to bail out, you'll go first. I, I remember looking down on the ocean and Thing and it looked like split pea soup. And I thought, boy, I'm glad I can swim. <laughs> but things went okay. We started back in toward the air base. <clears throat> I remember the pilot put it on a straight in landing, so you're going down. And I the airspeed was going faster and faster. And there is a place about, I don't remember now, 600 and some miles an hour. And then that's the speed of sound. Oh, my. So when you hit the speed of sound, it, it will cause a, a bang. You break through the barrier. But I was watching it. The, the tachometer, and it's getting up close to that. And I was hoping he'd slow down a little. And I looked out the window, and the wings of the plane were just going up and down. And that really scared me. Yeah, I bet. And when he pointed it in toward the base, and we... We came in and he said, Parkinson, you'll be the first one out of here. And as soon as we get stopped, you get out as fast as you can. I remember looking out and they have a, what they call a meat, meat wagon. It picks up pieces. And they were waiting at the end of the field they stopped, and I got out of there in a hurry. But uh, things just seemed okay. I found out later that what the problem was, was the cockpit is pressurized. When you get up very high, you need more oxygen, so 
everything's closed off and then they add oxygen to the cockpit. And under pressure, it blew the emergency escape hatch. Uh, that's between the pilot and the co-pilot on the F3D. The way, the way you bail out is out through the bottom instead of out the top. Between the pilot and the co-pilot is a chute that goes down. And you pull a handle and the seat breaks in half and you turn around and shoot out the bottom. And they hadn't been... There'd been a lot of accidents trying to bail out of that plane, so I was worried about it. Well, thank goodness you didn't have to do that. But, what? Thank goodness you didn't have to do that. Yeah. Yep. And what happened was the emergency escape hatch down at the bottom is it blown off, came loose and. Blew right off. I guess it landed someplace out there in the Pacific Ocean. Oh. But that was our problem. So that was the bang that you heard? Yes. Oh. It turned out to be okay, just a good experience. <laughs> Scary. Yeah. So then you were fixing airplanes. That was your job. You were fixing right. the airplanes. In charge of the mechanics on it, yeah. I, I mentioned that they bring the plane in after 30 hours in the air, and they pull a check on it. And that's what I would do, is check it out. Yeah. 30 hours and 60 hours and 120 hours. And the next would be engine change, putting a whole new engine. Oh. So just redo the whole engine. Yeah. When I went into the military service, I was drafted. I'd been expecting to be called for just about a year. They told me I'd have... 21 days to three months before I'd be called, so I didn't, couldn't do much preparating for that call. Finally, it didn't come till a year later. So you were drafted. How does that happen? You get a letter well, in the I mail? I got a letter in the mail, and it said, greetings. That's the way the, it's come. Without greetings, you've been called to serve in the military service. And I need to report to Boise, Idaho on such and such a time, date and time. So I was there on right on time and there, I ended up there was three of us, just three from that day that was going into the service. And uh, I guess it was probably a sergeant. He said, two of you are going to go into the Army. 
and run into the Marine Corps. Do you have a choice? And the other two said they wanted the Army, and I thought, uh, the Marines have an Air Force. I think I'll take the Marines. So I was drafted to the Marine Corps. So that's where you wanted to go? Yes. End up at El Toro, California. No, I thought of San Diego, California for boot camp. So how old were you? What year was that? I guess I must have been about 20 years old. So were all your friends drafted? Was this everybody's getting drafted at that age? Yes, yes they were. So you were expecting that. What was... One of the ones that was drafted is Roscoe Stuckey. And he never came back. He was killed over in Korea. Was he your friend? Yes. I went to Florida in the Marine Corps. We got what they called our billets. The billets were your assignment where you was going to go after boot camp. They told us some of us might go to El Toro or to Jacksonville, Florida. I would be the main air base there. That's what I wanted. But you had to take tests, several tests, and I was surprised. I had a hard time in school, but I must have done pretty good because I was able to go. They sent me to Jacksonville, Florida. That's where you wanted to go. Yeah. Our barracks was built up off the ground. There's in every corner and along the sides of big ground poles that the building would sit on. That's mm-hmm. because of the, sometimes when the typhoon came in or the tide came in, it would go right over the building. So it was built off the ground so I could go underneath it. And we, I remember that it was in the summertime, so all they issued us was two sheets, no blankets, because it was hot. That's where you were living, in Florida? Yeah, that's where I bought the motorcycle I wanted. I kind of planned on doing that so I could get around the country. And that time off that I had, I turned out really good. I was walking down the street in Jacksonville, and in the window was was an AJS motorcycle. When I walked past, I seen that, and I went in and looked at it and talked to him about it. Decided that's what I wanted. 500 cc's. That's pretty powerful motorcycle. I had one when I was in high school. It was a 125. This is 500. <laughs> okay. Quite a jump. 
You rode that from Florida to California. Yep. Came, when I came home, it was Thanksgiving time, so I was able to stop off at Arco on my way through have Thanksgiving. The next base where I was going to was El Toro, California. Hawaii. Oh, Headquarters squadron there. So you left Florida, switched bases. Yeah. And you just went home first for Thanksgiving before you went out to California. That's right. You were fixing airplanes. That was your job. You were fixing right. the airplanes. In charge of the mechanics on it, yeah. You grew up in Idaho. Yes. You have a lot of brothers and sisters. Yes. Six brothers and four sisters. Six brothers and four sisters, and you are in the middle. That's about right. And you were the favorite. <laughs> no, I can't say that. <laughs> no. I sure was blessed with good parents. Dad was an honest man. My mother was really nice. She wasn't very big. I don't think she's as tall as you. But boy, she was a live wire. <laughs> I remember her. Mm-hmm. She she was pretty special. Do you think that you are more like your mom or more like your dad? Oh, my sisters tell me that I look more looks more like my dad than any of the brothers. Really? So when, when I wasn't built like dad, dad was a lot bigger boned and I wasn't a bigger man. He was uh, three inches taller than I am. I remember a little bit of grandpa. He was big, but then I was just little. So that's what I remember. But I remember him being kind of big guy. And grandma being just the cute little petite thing. Yeah. I can remember growing out to get, and I gathered the eggs when I was a little boy. Put them in a, what was a potato basket. Put them in there and then brought them to the house. But they fell out to the, and I looked back and there was eggs long, oh. scattered all along the way. You were leaving I a trail. I Mom told her I'd got to get the eggs. <laughs> and you left a little trail of eggs. Yeah. <laughs> I can remember seeing that. I, just now I can remember it. I was surprised. <laughs> So you had chickens? Yeah. I had cows and pigs. So you had a big farm. Well, 
That ark was 160 acres. Was there a moment in your life that you were embarrassed? Yes. <laughs> Do you want to share? Okay. <laughs> this was probably at an airport. And I had to go to the bathroom. So I... <laughs> Down, down, went into the bathroom and got in the stall there. And after a little while, a lady came in. And I found out I was in the lady's bathroom. She had a little boy, and he came in, got down on the floor, and looked up at me <laughs> underneath there. He didn't say anything. But he went back and finally the lady left and I snuck out <laughs> in a hurry. So no one caught you? No. Nope. Just the little boy? Yep. <laughs> well, you know, when you gotta go, you gotta go. <laughs> I sure didn't know it was a lady's restroom, though. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Was there ever a time when you've been mad? I can't think of any. I can't think of any really either, Dad. You're pretty calm. So when they, you left the military, you were a mechanic. Is that what you wanted to do? Well, I graduated from Utah State University in the automotive technology. That's a few college of engineering. I started out at Rexford, Idaho, Ricks College. In their automotive department. When I came out of the military, I remember talking over with Ralph, my brother Ralph, and mm -hmm. he suggested to get in the mechanical. That's what I did at Rexburg, got in there. I overhauled my car, Packard. Dad gave it to me when I came out of the military, when I came off my mission. That was really a surprise, a pleasant surprise. Aw. So you were drafted to the Marines. Mm -hmm. Then you came home and you went on a mission. Mm -hmm. Where did you go on your mission? what was called the Western States Headquarters was Denver, Colorado. So you came home from your mission. Your dad had a car, surprised you with a car. Mm -hmm. You went to Utah State. Went to Rick's College first. And then transferred and Rick's College was just a two-year college. So after that, I transferred to Utah State. And Utah State, you were studying to be an auto mechanic. Yeah. Can you remember your first kiss? Yeah. Uh, if I remember right, it was Bonnie. <laughs> I was going to Rick's College. 
he thrilled me. <laughs> yeah. How did you meet? At a single dance at Rick's College. Was she going to school there as well? No, she wasn't. But she went to the dance there. So that's where I met her. So then when did you know you wanted to marry her? Well, I was, I was looking for somebody when I met her. I guess we dated for three or four months and we talked about it and decided to get married. So you were still in Rexburg when you got married and then you moved to Utah State? Yes. You were an auto mechanic first. School for that. It wasn't something that I felt good about. I went back to school um, and get my teaching certificate. So then you became a school teacher. Yeah. When did you move here to Collinston? Well, Ronnie and I were living in Brigham City. And I was reading in the paper where it advertised a home for rent in Collinston. It's a rock, rock home in the country. So we came out and looked at it next, there John, next to John Potter's. Do you remember that? I don't know the rock home there, but I know the Potter's. We, they were neighbors. Quinn and Kyle became real good friends. Oh, so you lived there for quite a while. Yeah, lived there and then... I worked a little bit in the church with Lee Stone. He lived in the home up here. Mm-hmm. He was a Sunday school superintendent, and I was a counselor, worked with him. And then his son, Merrill Stone, lived in a trader house. He was right over here. And he he finally sold his trailer house to me. I bought it from him. We lived in that trailer. Do you remember? No, you didn't. I remember the steps that were over there. I used to play over there and imagine I knew. Yeah. We lived in that trailer. Called it the Charger. Was the name of it? Fifty-two feet long. A nice little trailer. Then he, Lee Stone, here, his son, his son, and his son's neighbor was Lee. 
Lee worked in the construction company building homes. And this home that I'm, we live in now, Lee started to build it. Lee Stone took it over, his dad. He was making the payments, not the son. So Lee Stone came down there and talked to me. He said, he'd sell me the home. And all I needed to do was take over the payments. So the payment was $98.77 a month. Wow. I paid on that for about 10 years and got it paid for. Total cost was about $14,000. $14,000 for a house. Wow. Back in those times, that was quite a bit of money. But that was a good deal. Lee was really good to me. Did mom do anything, or was she home most of the time? She was home all the time. All the time. I didn't want her to have to work out of the home. I figured her place was in the home to take care of the kids, and she was happy to do that. Real good mother, good kids. Even you. I can behave. <laughs> I remember you. I, I worried about you quite a bit there for a little while. <laughs> you did? I did. You taught me how to make it a great day. Yeah, I remember that was an eye-opener to me to discover that I could make it a good day or a bad day. It was up to me, not anybody else. Yeah. And I could do it. The choice was there. Yep. And I tried to get you kids to see it, too. My school kids, too. Well, you did a good job of that. Thank you. You used to always say, make it a great day before we left. That was the last thing you would say as we were heading out the door, make it a great day. Mm -hmm. I say that to my kids, too. Good. <laughs> we are lucky, and we have two moms of this family. Yeah. How did you meet her? Carrie. At a singles dance in Ogden. You like to dance. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> I, at that time, I'd, you know, I, when Bonnie was killed in the accident, and uh, I remember, I guess it was you that was staying with the Marble Girl in. Deweyville, when I would go to school, I'd drop you off there and pick you up when I came home from school. But I'd go on to Honeyville and teach school and pick you up. 
I remember one one time you didn't want to come with me, and I thought, oh, something's got to change. So that's when I started looking for a wife. So I, I dated quite a few people. Finally, Carrie, was something special. She had a spirit about her that I knew she was pretty choice. And she took over at a hard time. And she was, she's a brilliant, I mean, she's extra smart. She was valedictorian in high school. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, she was. And she went to BYU after those. So she stepped in with seven kids. Yep. Family of seven. Yeah. <clears throat> and she stuck around. Yes. Yeah. And then we were lucky and added another. She was really good to help you kids with the schoolwork. She she could do it sometimes a lot better than I could. Though I was a school teacher. <laughs> she was sharp. You used to walk on your hands and you could also do handstands on a chair. Yeah. When did you learn how to do that? I was at college. There was a guy there that did it. When I seen him do that, I, I knew that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> and it wasn't, didn't take me very long that I was able to do it. But something that stood out in my life, it's an accomplishment. People, it amazed people that I could do it. Yeah. My school kids, uh, they would really, I told them if they get a hundred, if everyone in the class would get a hundred, I'd do a handstand, and boy, they would work. <laughs> you were such a good teacher. Everybody I ran into that had you as their teacher, they had so many good things to say. You were an excellent teacher. Well, thank you. Yeah, I see some of those kids after I taught them and they come up to me with whiskers and <laughs> wonder why I didn't know them. <laughs> right, because you, you taught what, what grades? Mostly fifth. I taught fourth, fifth, and sixth. Yeah, but mostly fifth grade. Mostly fifth, yep. <laughs> so they look a little different with the whiskers. I'll say. <laughs> Kids change when they grow up. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard. They don't, can't even recognize the same kid. Right. Well, you were telling a story about saving a kid's life. I want you to tell that story again. We were living in Rexburg, Idaho. Our address was 138 Center, North Center Street. 138 North Center. 
and we went uh, with that street out the end of it, it went right into Smeed's sawmill. In the sawmill, they had a mill pond that they'd bring the logs into. And us kids really liked to play on that, around that mill pond. We had a raft that we'd go out in the mill pond. We'd use a pole to push us out and push it around. And I was on the, the raft with several kids. Some more were on the bank. And but one of the kids, his name is G. Rice. His last name was Rice. But he was pushing on that pole. And it stuck in the mud. And he, when one tried to pull down the mud, it pulled him off the raft into the water. That was way over his head, pretty deep. And I looked at him out there, and I could see he's, he'd come up and, and then he'd go down. He'd actually go under, and I knew something had to be done. So I jumped in, took a stick, was on the raft, and went out to him. And that morning, my mother told me that if you ever you get somebody that's drowning, don't let him get a hold of you. Boy, I know what I would like. Get drowning, they grab him, boy, you can't get loose. They take your bullfender. Right. So I used that stick and had him take a hold of it, and then I slammed to the raft with him. Got him back on the raft. Remember the kids, he had brothers and sisters on the bank. They were watching. They were watching and just screaming. God. Everybody was scared to death. Yeah, lucky you were there. And Grandma, that lesson, perfect timing her to teach yeah, you that. that turned out just right. So you were a hero. The next day the paper, newspaper came out and on the column was, the heading was G. Rice's life today because of the bravery of Jim Parkinson. I kept that clipping for quite a while. I don't know if I still have it or not. Were you scared? Yes. I was very scared, all right. Well, it's just, you can't look at a, somebody drowning without being scared. Yeah. But I, I knew that I had to do something. Or he would drown. And at that time, I could swim. I knew how to swim. And so that, that was good. That's why I felt all right about jumping in to go out and get him. So you were on the 
student council in school? Well, in, at Roberts, Idaho, to high school there, I was a freshman class president. So that put me on the student council. How do you like that? Is that well, fun? I was just a bashful kid. So how did you end up in that position? Is that something you wanted to do? No, I didn't want to. They just a freshman class voted for a president. Somebody said my name, and that's what they ended up with. <laughs> a lot of them voted for me. I guess I was pretty good-looking guy back then. <laughs> you were good at finding those rattlesnakes. I've never seen one. The rattle. So that will tell you how old the snake is. What? That tells you how old the snake is by its rattles. One, some of the rattles are longer than the others. There's a really long rattle. Does that mean the snake's older? I think it was a rattle for each year. Yeah. Snakes shed their skin every year. Their new skin. But they save the rattle part. Yeah. Well, Dad, do you have anything else you want to tell your family? Well, just a, it's important to stay on track. There's a number of things that I could give as advice. One thing is to be grateful. Gratitude. That's one of the sweetest things a person can do for happiness and peace of mind. Be grateful for the things you have. No matter what's going on outside or around you, there's always something you can be grateful for. And that can make, that can just light up your life. So be grateful and thankful for what you have. You know, it's something to look around sometimes and notice people that are so blessed and don't even know it. Complain and gripe and, and yet they, they look at it in a positive way. They do to be blessed. There's always both a positive and a negative. And I used to say that be careful what you're looking for because you're going to find it. If you're looking for the bad, that's what you'll find. If you're looking for the good, that's what you'll find. You would have us um, memorize things. You know, we weren't allowed to, do you remember we weren't allowed to say the word can't? Yeah. Yeah. 
Do you remember our punishment if we got caught saying can't? No, I don't. We would have to do 10 push-ups. So you had us memorize a poem. Do you remember us memorizing a poem? I probably would if I heard something about it. You had us memorize this poem by Walter D. Wintle. We had to memorize it. I worked really hard to memorize it, and I've known it. If you think you are beaten, you are. If you think you dare not, you don't. If you want to win, but think you can't, it's almost a cinch you won't. If you think you'll lose, you're lost. For out in the world, we find, success begins with a fellow's will. It's all in the state of mind. If you think you are outclassed, you are. You've got to think high to rise. You've got to be sure of yourself before you can ever win a prize. Life's battles don't always go to the stronger or faster man, but soon or late, the man who wins is the man who thinks he can. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, we all had to memorize that. Yeah. That was a good thing. You did a good job, Dad. Thank you, Dad. Uh, I love it. I love it that you call me Threena. I don't know why I do, because I sure know better. (laughs) You know, I call JC Diana all the time. And I call Diana JC. I must get that from you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dad, I love you. Thank you for letting me do this with you. Sure love you and thank you. (laughs) 